Zombie Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. There is no Jake. There is no Adam. It is just me for this Tuesday waiver show. Hopefully, everyone had a very, very successful week number one. I know I did not. I was uh, I was beaten pretty badly almost across the board. Uh, there are a lot of injuries, of course, that, that factored into everything. And, of course, we will have all of those injury updates and all the coverage of those injuries on programs this week. This is Tuesday. You'll be hearing this waiver show on Tuesday. I'll be record, uh, releasing this as soon as I am done. Then on Wednesday, you will be hearing the first half of the week two preview. That will be with Adam. We will be covering... The NFC home games first with, of course, the Vikings and Eagles slated to play on Thursday night. And then on Thursday, you will be hearing the second half of the week two preview with Jake and I. And then, of course, on Saturday, you will be hearing the week two Saturday mailbag. So submit your questions to the mailbag. And, of course, we'll be more than happy to answer them, but today we are going to be covering waivers and uh, what what an important waiver period it is. And I I can't remember a waiver period so early in the season where there is there were so many impactful injuries that occurred in week one with guys that were either banged up or guys that are done for the season. We have two very noteworthy examples of that that, of course, we're going to cover uh, on this podcast today in the names of J.K. Dobbins and, of course, Aaron Rodgers. I did speak to both of my Jets companions today, and, of course, you will hear both of their reactions. Uh, Adam, you will hear on Wednesday, and then Jake, you will be hearing on Thursday. Um, I know that at least I got to have some sort of conversation with Adam. Uh, Jake, there were not many words that were coming out of uh, Jake's mouth, as you would probably expect from someone like Jake, who is just bleed jets until the the day that he dies. So, of course, here's how the waiver shows are going to work. I've come up with about five names or so, and instead of going through them, you know, each one by one and giving just in-depth detail about them, because we could be here all day, um... I want to talk about just like one very important waiver ad that I think every single person should be going out and trying to get. I just think that that is a much better use of of time than me going and just trying to detail every single every single last thing. And of course, we'll have the waiver show for that. So if there's any uh, the waiver show, the preview show. So if there are any specific questions about. Um, about player pickups or, or anything like that. You know, we, we cover pretty much every player on there. So I don't think it makes a lot of sense for me to just go and say it here and then potentially go and regurgitate it on the on, on that on that preview show. So we I have a ton of names that I want to make sure that we get to. The way I did this was I wanted to get players that are managed, rostered in 50% of leagues or less. And I'm going off of the ESPN data. So 50% rostered or less are the leagues that we will be working with here. And what comes from what comes from that? We, of course, are going to find out together.
together. So let's jump right into it. So I want to talk about the quarterbacks, of course, to start, and my own thoughts about the the Aaron Rodgers situation from last night. Uh, Kidding and not kidding aside, it, it probably is the most Jets thing ever that Aaron Rodgers plays four snaps and that happens. Obviously, the best wishes go out to, to, to Aaron Rodgers and, and you hate to see that. I mean, you, you really, really do as, you know, as a fan of, of, of football, you know, you, you want to see the best players out there and you want to see the guys that are going to be going out there and putting on shows every single week. And there might be no bigger showman in the history of the National Football League than Aaron Rodgers. The guy is Mr. Style himself. And it sucks. It, it really, really, really sucks. And, you know, for the Jets, it's just kind of a season that right now is uh, is kind of unraveling at the seams a little bit. And I, I know for me, it, I was really looking forward to the Cowboys-Jets game, Aaron Rodgers going up against the Cowboys, his, his long-lost friends. And now it's just kind of like, well, if the Cowboys win, then we beat the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, and I can't really say too much. But if the Cowboys lose, then, oh, we lost to the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. So it, it's a lose-lose situation all the way around from my own personal perspective. Um, my own personal, selfish, biased perspective, I really should say. So, if you have a Aaron Rodgers-sized hole, who could you possibly be going out and trying to get? And there are five names that I have come up with. Number five, I'm going with Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. Looked okay, has that dual threat ability that you really like to see out of your quarterbacks. Eric Beniemi, the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, he's in a good spot there. I think there's going to be growth to come, and you got to remember that was only that was only his second career start at that point, and his first as the regular starter for the Washington Commanders. Give it time; he's a great little stash for right now. Give it give it about a month with Sam Howell on your bench if you need to if you need to squeeze him because you have now an Aaron Rodgers sized hole like I know I do, and I think I may have to start Sam Howell uh, in the upcoming weeks. Then. Yeah, you got you got to go and, and, and take that gamble. But if you can afford to sit Sam Howell, and even if you don't have Aaron Rodgers, and even if, if you're looking for just a, a young quarterback with a little bit of upside, Sam Howell could definitely be that play, as could my number four guy in this list. And that's Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. Man, oh man. he, he the, the 54 dropbacks, I really, really love to see that. Now, do I think that that's going to that's gonna keep up? No, I, I definitely don't. But is it at least intriguing that when the Patriots are down in games and they need to come back, that Bill Belichick is not just saying, okay, we're just going to ride this out with our running backs and hope that the likes of Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott can get us out of a hole. I think it's very encouraging that we're seeing Mac Jones take a bit more of the responsibility and literally and figuratively shouldering more of that responsibility. So I like Mac Jones, and he should not cost you that much. He really, really should not. Um, but the schedule is very, very tough for him, just looking in his division with six matchups against the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. 
it's a very very tough schedule so maybe it's not the one that if you're look if you're looking just for a depth addition then sure but if you're looking for an Aaron Rodgers replacement I don't know if Mac Jones would be the guy that I would necessarily go for uh number three for me I'm going with Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions and yes he is under 50 percent rostered he's rostered in around 48 percent of ESPN leagues shut up I'm counting it um how he's rostered in this few leagues I have absolutely no idea um I mean, just keep go back to last year, and he was he was as consistent as they came last year, especially towards the end of the season. This guy was just consistent twenty points every single week. And if you look at the schedule that he's got coming up, I mean, the schedule is just absolutely awesome for him. Home versus Seattle, home versus Atlanta, at Green Bay, which is a, a little tough, but he had a good game there last year, and then home versus Carolina, then it does get a little tougher at Tampa, at Baltimore, but then at home in week eight versus Las Vegas before the bye. It's a great schedule for Jared Goff, and I think for for any teams that are, are looking for, again, just a, a little depth addition or an Aaron Rodgers replacement, I think this could be your guy who's someone that absolutely has a bit more pedigree than the likes of Sam Howell and, and Mac Jones do. Um, I think Jared Goff could, defi- could definitely be that sort of plug-play option that can go right away. I only put him at three here just because I know that he's probably he's probably had in more leagues than most, but just going off of the ESPN data, he was someone that I had to include. So if you're in an ESPN league and, and you're in the 52.4% of leagues, 51.4% of leagues, meth, that uh, Jared Goff is available in, yeah, go go try and pick up Jared Goff if, if, you, can, uh, if you can swing it. Uh, number two for me, I'm going with Matthew Stafford of the of the Los Angeles Rams. He, he looked pretty good against the against the Seahawks. Three thirty four, no touchdowns, sixty three point two percent completion percentage. He looked really really good. And if we're gonna buy into the to the Puka Nakua hype, which we're gonna talk about, then we have to like Matthew Stafford a little bit. And not for, and for what it's worth. Matthew Stafford is a great guy to just stash for right now because when Cooper Cup comes back, the value of Matthew Stafford is just going to go through the roof because guess what? We all like Cooper Cup. We know what Cooper Cup brings to the table. Who's the guy that's going to benefit from that? It's going to be Matthew Stafford. So if you love Cooper Cup and you want to get your fair share of Cooper Cup, maybe get Cooper Cup on the, on the low right now. Maybe wait another week. If that Cooper Cup team is 0-2, then maybe go for that on the low and go get Matthew Stafford right now and just stash him and wait until Cooper Cup gets back. That would be the play that I would uh, that I would definitely go for. And then the number one quarterback ad of the week for me, it's Jordan Love of, of the Green Bay Packers. He looked absolutely awesome against the Chicago Bears, 245-3. and uh, the completion percentage was a little bit lower than I that I would have liked, but going to grow into the role. I'm not I'm not worried about it. A great matchup coming up too against 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 the Falcons in Atlanta. Does get a little bit tougher in Week Three versus the Saints, but it is in the friendly confines of Lambeau. But then Detroit and then Las Vegas in Vegas until they're by in Week Six. This is a guy you could start the next three or four weeks if you are down. Aaron Rodgers. This is absolutely your guy that you can go and pick up. And how ironic is it that the guy that is going to replace Aaron Rodgers for your fantasy team is the guy that replaced Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers? Love that kind of thing. Might be more of an Adam thing than than for me, but got got at least pointed out. 
but this is a guy that absolutely can get the job done, and I think he his his value is only going to increase when Christian Watson comes back. He has a great rapport already with Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jaden Reed looked looked a little bit a little bit impressive there. Luke Musgrave should have had a touchdown if he didn't fall on his ass. The Packers' offense looks to be all right. I want to see what it looks like though if Aaron Jones cannot go dealing with the hamstring injury. He's just another guy that we can add to the to the hurt list already. If he can't go, and it's AJ Dillon, then what are we kind of looking at with the Packers? Does this offense kind of change a little bit? Because I think Aaron Jones definitely was the uh, the safety blanket, the guy that could definitely shoulder the load of of the offense himself. Where I don't know if we've seen that yet or if Jordan Love can do that by himself but if there's no Aaron Jones he might have to and then we look at this offense this group as a whole and this is a really really young group really young group at least of skill position players I mean obviously you have the likes of David Bakhtiari that's on the offensive line for the Packers real veteran head there but that's the skill position players it is it's very 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 young but Jordan Love the upside that he brings to the table, and for what it's worth, too, he only carried the ball three times. I, I definitely expect that number uh, to go up as we get into games that are a lot closer, um, maybe games that they're down. That I see that number definitely coming up, no, no doubt about it. I mean, they obviously destroyed the Chicago Bears um, in a, one of the most lackluster showings that I've ever seen from the Chicago Bears, honestly, and I've seen a lot of lackluster showings from the Chicago Bears, but... He didn't have to really do much with his legs. I think if we see more competitive games, more close games, we're going to see Jordan Love really use those legs more and more. So pick up Jordan Love, and he's a guy that you could absolutely plug and play if you have to this week. Some other names that I do want I do want to bring up for sure. There were two others that I wanted to just have everyone make a, a little note of. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, he's a guy that I've absolutely loved the entire offseason. I said it on the review show, completely rip up everything you saw from the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday versus the 49ers. Rip that up, throw it out the window. Take note of Kenny Pickett, uh, the Deontay Johnson absence. It's looking like he's about to miss about a month. Uh, That sucks, but Kenny Pickett, keep an eye out on him. And the other guy that I'm definitely keeping an eye out on is Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. I wanted to put him in here. Um... I just want to see more of it, and I, and people are just going to be saying, oh yeah, what more do you need to see? I know, and that's kind of why I'm so, I, I guess the word is dumbfounded, shocked, that I'm even questioning this. You know, Brock Purdy has looked really, really good. He's gotten the job done. This, this, this might be the franchise option for the San Francisco 49ers in Brock Purdy, and the schedule for him is... The next three are fine against the Rams, against the Giants, against the Cardinals, and then in week five, a home date against the team that he beat in the divisional round in the Dallas Cowboys. So has the has the track record there. He could he could definitely be be that guy. And I would I would also say you know if if you're in a super flex league and maybe uh, you need to go find a replacement for Aaron Rodgers. Brock Purdy could be potentially a really good spot to, to to go and look, and that might be an avenue I try and go down in terms of trying to to get Brock Purdy if uh, if if I could definitely uh, swing it. 
All right, so let's go into the running backs. And again, this was the week of the running back injury. It just it just kind of felt like that with the likes of the aforementioned Aaron Jones. Austin Eckler is a little banged up. Cam Akers was just awful. There, there, there are a lot of different names. I think a lot of players can definitely go for this week. So let's just jump right into it. And at number five, I'm going to go and I'm going to take a stab on this. And I'm going to say Gus Edwards for me of the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, the injury to J.K. Dobbins, much discussed at this point. Get well to J.K. Dobbins, has a torn Achilles. I mean, oof. and we thought that was going to be the the... the the only torn Achilles of the weekend, maybe the worst torn Achilles of the weekend, but 24 hours later. Um, I'm going to take a stab on it. I'm going to say Gus Edwards is going to be the guy. If you know, if you had to ask me if my life depended on it, who the guy is going to be, I would probably say Gus Edwards, but I would not have a very confident answer and say, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be living with this one. I don't know who the guy is. Who the guy is going to be? I know Justice Hill got got two touchdowns on Sunday. I, I don't know, which is why Gus Edwards is, is is ranked so low. And and honestly, we've we've just gone through this before with, with the Baltimore Ravens running backs that this rotating door and guys getting hurt. You know, spending so much of your fab trying to find the guy for the Baltimore Ravens. I, I just don't want to really get involved in that business again. I, I, honestly, and. I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it. I would advise that you kind of stay away from from Gus Edwards, but he definitely is someone that has to be mentioned. And I understand the J.K. Dobbins managers that might have to go in on that, but I personally wouldn't. I think there are four names on this list that I would definitely go for over over Gus Edwards, and one of the guys I'm about to mention right now, and that is Jalen Warren, who is 46.4 percent rostered on ESPN. Najee Harris just looked, he looked absolutely terrible against the 49ers. Granted, everybody did. And I know I said, rip it up, throw it out the window, but I had major concerns about Najee Harris coming into the season. And I know I may be being nitpicky or aiding my own argument, but that's the, that this is the take that I'm going to stand on that Najee Harris, you know, did, just did not work at all. And I mean, nothing really did for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers on, on Sunday. They have a Monday night date. With the Cleveland Browns, I expect that to be hopefully a little bit better. But the Browns did a great job in terms of shutting in terms of shutting down Joe Mixon. I'm still picking up Jalen Warren. I'm still stashing him wherever I can. Patience, patience with Jalen Warren. His opportunity is absolutely going to come as long as Najee Harris is just busy sticking up the joint. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with. Hmm, there are three names that I, that I that I have here. I'm just trying to figure out which one I wanna I wanna talk about first. Uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, the whole Kyron Williams situation. I think Cam Akers is still the guy. I do, but it's very hard to ignore the fact that Kyron Williams got two touchdowns. Cam Akers could have had three. He only had one. Cam Akers was dreadful on the ground, under two yards a carry. I mean, and I'm I'm not sitting here. I'm saying that Kyron Williams is a better running back than Cam Akers. I I don't really think he is. I think it's just quite possible that Cam Akers just is just stinky, and it hurts my heart to say it that Cam Akers might just be really really stinky, and and Sean McVay doesn't like doesn't like Cam Akers. I I I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it, it stinks. But you can't ignore a guy that just that just had two touchdowns. You, you simply cannot ignore that guy. He's not a guy that you're picking up and you're starting right away. You're picking him up, you're stashing him, and you're seeing what happens this week for the Los, for the Los Angeles Rams and hoping that Cam Akers has a stinky day against the 49ers again and that Kyron Williams gets more of an opportunity because the more Kyron Williams gets an opportunity the more and more that the Cam Akers stake will diminish and Kyron Williams starts to become, you know, a bench guy to potentially being a borderline flex candidate for you on, uh, on most weeks. So he's a great opportunity to try and go and get right now if you have that opportunity to do so. The number two waiver ad of the week for me, uh, I'm going with Joshua Kelly of the Los Angeles Chargers for the very simple reason of Austin Eckler being questionable for Sunday with an ankle injury, if you don't have Josh Kelly, I mean, look, I understand the people that don't have Josh Kelly. I should preface that right away. I completely, completely understand those people because there was a lot of questions as to who the running back was going to be for the Los Angeles Chargers, who the backup running back was going to be, whether it was going to be Josh Kelly, whether it was potentially going to be Isaiah Spiller. Um, The one spot where I do have Austin Eckler, I only have him in one, the one spot where I have Eckler, I do have Josh Kelly. So I'm like sitting back and I'm saying, thank you, God. But it's a very, very, very tricky situation now. Because obviously Josh Kelly is not Austin Eckler. He's never going to be Austin Eckler. But we saw on Sunday when Eckler did get a did get a little banged up, Josh Kelly was able to, to hold his own. 16 carries, 91 yards, a touchdown to boot. Fine. He could definitely he can definitely hold his hold his own. I think we're definitely going to see a bit more of Isaiah Spiller. I think that is definitely a possibility that is uh, going to pop up, especially if Eckler you know can't play. But practice reports will be very very important this week with any Austin Eckler manager. Be very very cautious. It doesn't look like he's going to practice on Wednesday, so now we have to look at Thursday and say, okay, is is Austin Eckler going to practice? on Thursday for the Los Angeles Chargers. And the number one waiver wire ad of the week for me, it is not who I think a lot of people think it is. Uh, I'm going to talk about that guy in a minute. I'm going with Roshan Johnson of the Chicago Bears. And for the entire mess, that was the Chicago Bears offense on Sunday. Roshan Johnson got 11 touches. I, w- I just want to preface this, that a rookie, a rookie got 11 touches while Khalil Herbert got 12 and Deonta Foreman got 7. They included Roshan Johnson in this, in this game plan for a reason. Oh, and he also scored. You can't ignore that. You cannot possibly ignore a running back that's a rookie who has significant upside if he's named the starter at any point for the Chicago Bears, but is getting 11 touches to start. You can't ignore that. And what I will say as well is he might be very under the radar right now where you're not shelling out an arm and a leg for him, which I think is I think is great. I think it really is great that you have the opportunity to potentially get Roshan Johnson on the cheap, and I absolutely would. My number one running back ad of the week by a lot. 
Um, now he has to talk about Kenny Gainwell and why I'm not so thrilled about that potential situation. I just look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I look at these running backs, and I sit. I sit there and I say to myself, "Okay, am I am I really wanting to go out and spend the kind of fab that is probably going to be required to go and pick up an Eagles running back?" No, because it just seems like it's going to be a rotating door. Who says that on Thursday night, DeAndre Swift doesn't become more of the game plan, or? Boston Scott does become more of the game plan. Or Rashad Penny is activated and he's getting some carries. To me, this just feels like a very, very big mess and it just feels like a fab windhole that you're just going to be pouring money, pouring fab into the situation that there may not be a correct answer as to... as to which way that there is to go. Now, if you're in a way, if you're in a waiver league, and Kenny Gainwell, you know, if you have a running back hole and, and you're looking for a guy that can start for you immediately, and you have the first waiver priority, then yeah, Kenny Gainwell absolutely would, would be your guy. But in a in a very more, I, I serve I formulate my opinions based more on Fab, and I'm looking at it from a very Fab perspective, and I say. For that reason, of I think there's a better chance of DeAndre Swift becoming the guy who leads this Eagles backfield in touches this week, just like it's the same probability that Kenny Gainwell completely out-touches them all again. It's the same. It, it is exactly the same. Um, I wouldn't roll with any of them, to be quite honest. Um, I don't have many shares of them. I think maybe maybe I have one share of Kenny Gainwell. I think maybe that's it. Um but I'm I'm out on the on the Eagles running backs. But if there is one to have, it probably would be Kenny Gainwell. I'm just not going out of my way to uh, to pick him up. Uh, Justice Hill is an, is another name that I would definitely consider in the wake of the J.K. Dobbins injury. Um, and I would also be looking out for the likes of Devon A. Chain and Sean Tucker. Those are two names that we saw Raheem Mostert, Rashad White not have the best weeks. Devon A. Chain was a healthy scratch altogether. If those names get dropped, those are prime names to be going and picking up on on your on your waivers this week. And then one final name that I have for everyone, Tank Bixby, did score against the Indianapolis Colts. Seems like he's going to get a ton of goal line carries, which is good, but it's going to be very boomer busty um, unless something happens to, to Travis Etienne. Then he becomes a guy that you need to start at any and all costs, really, in your in your fantasy leagues. All right, so the receiver position. Here we go, and it's an interesting, interesting little receiver week. It, it, it definitely is. My number five receiver that I'm, I'm going to be going out and trying to add this week. Uh, I'm going out and I'm adding Rasheed Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw him uh, opening night score a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. Looked like the best receiver for the Chiefs on opening night. Yes. Am I potentially buying into this Kool-Aid a little too soon? Sure. But guess what? I'm going to take the chance on a guy that could end up becoming the number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it shouldn't cost you that much either. I mean, at least I don't think. But maybe being a receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe that pushes that price up a little bit. But for me, I don't think it's going to be costing you much, quite honestly. So I would be all 
in on trying to get Rasheed Rice for a, for a cheap bid. And if you have, I'm not saying it's been a second priority on him in 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 fab leagues or in waiver leagues, excuse me. But I would add him. I would definitely add him as a, as a waiver priority. Not maybe your first, second, or third, but you know if you're going fourth, fifth waiver priority, and you know you're you're thinking about maybe adding somebody. Rasheed Rice could definitely be an option for you. Uh, number four, I'm going Rashid Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints just because I, I think this is more speculative than anything else. But I liked how how Derek Carr was able to have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid all involved. I think eventually we're going to see Jawan Johnson get involved here, and he's going to have a, a role to to play in this. Had a bit part role on Sunday to the two and three catches, but uh, Rashid Shahid just looked, he looked really, really good. He looked like a player and definitely a speculative ad, not a guy that you're starting right away, but someone that you could add and you could just say, all right, let's see it again. Let's see you potentially do it again. Let's see you have a four, five, six catch day. And then we could start potentially thinking about Rashid Shahid as a potential starter for your fantasy teams. Uh, Number three, I am going with Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this absolutely kills me because he was the second most targeted receiver on the Jag on the Jaguars on Sunday, and Calvin Ridley was number one, which means Christian Kirk was number three, but had an unbelievable touchdown in that game. Oh my lord, that touchdown was great. Um, he could be a very viable starting receiver for you in. 12 14 team leagues. I don't know if I'd be comfortable starting him in a 10 in a 10 team league, but 12 14 in PPR? Yeah, sure. Against the Chiefs as well. I mean, that's that's a matchup where I think, you know, you want all your stallions in the race for that one. And I think in 12 like I said, 12 14 team leagues, I think Say Jones could be a very quality start there. Uh number 2, as long as Christian Watson is out, Romeo Dobbs, two touchdowns for the Green, for the Green Bay Packers receiver on Sunday versus the Chicago Bears. He looked good. He looked good. You know, was had been nursing a hamstring injury all throughout the offseason and and lo and behold, it's his receiver roommate that is the one that misses opening day with a pop-up hamstring injury. And the guy who'd been dealing with the entire offseason in Romeo Dobbs is the one that shows up and has a two touchdown day. Looked excellent. He looked really, really excellent. Uh fine matchup. It'll be, fu- be a fun matchup uh get from for Green Bay and Atlanta. Uh, down in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, that's going to be a really, really fun one. 12-14 team leagues again. I think Romeo Dobbs is, is a fine start. I, I really, really do. I think there is a lot of promise and a lot of upside there with starting Romeo Dobbs, who looks like that he's a guy that Jordan Love really wants to, to lean on a little bit. And if there's no Aaron Jones Sunday for the Packers, I think we're going to see a whole heck of a lot more of that uh, from, from Romeo Dobbs. And then number one, who else could it be? It's Puka Nakua of the Los Angeles Rams. 10 catches, 15 targets this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. He looked great, didn't he? And people are going to sit there and say, oh yeah, this could just be another guy until Cooper Cup comes back. I think this is a guy that could potentially work with Cooper Cup and be the number two to Cooper Cup. I think we all were expecting that, you know, Van Jefferson was going to be the Van Jefferson and maybe have himself a little bit of a game, whatever, Tyler Higbee, blah, 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 blah. 
it was Puka Nakua and another guy that you could definitely add as well in deep leagues, Tutu Atwell, who both had over 100 yards, and Van Jefferson, Tyler Hickby did absolutely nothing. But Puka Nakua absolutely is the guy that you should be going out and adding, especially if you are thin at receiver, if you're hoping for uh, some sort of... If you're PPR leagues, you definitely have to be going out and adding him, for sure. Uh, but if, if you're hoping for some sort of team that's going to come in and, and want to pay you top dollar for Puka Nakua after he has if you're, he maybe has another big week next week, then maybe that could be another play you, you go for as well. But Puka Nakua, he, he's just one of those guys that we're going to see, and he's going to either arrive onto the scene next week in a very, very big way against the 49ers, or he's going to have one catch for five yards that we're going to be coming on here. We're going to see him being dropped across the board. There really is no in-between with this one, unfortunately. But I do believe in him. I believe in in the Sean McVay system, and I believe he's going to get his opportunities for sure. Uh, some, other na- some other names that I would definitely be adding on to uh, your waiver priorities, Jaden Reed, uh, Darnell Mooney, if he is available. Kendrick Bourne is another one that I would I would be looking at. And then I would also potentially be looking at someone like, I'm just pulling it up here on ESPN. I know there's one more guy that I want that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo was was another was the other name that I wanted to mention there. So for the tight end position, a, a thinner week at the tight end spot. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you three. Just because, you know, tight end is, you know, whatever. Um, but the three that I'm gonna be I'm going to be going out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be mentioning uh, number three of going with Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots. And wow, what a surprise. My friend, Hunter Henry, friend of the program. Hunter Henry had a really, really, really good game uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Was the safety blanket, per usual, for Mac Jones. And I think there is the possibility that we continue to see uh, Hunter Henry have a bit of a role here for the uh, New England Patriots against the Miami Dolphins in New England. Miami Dolphins just allowing a touchdown in week one to Donald Parham at the tight end position. Uh, number two for me, I'm going with Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers, who was the tight end numero uno of the week in week number one. I think you have to consider it. Uh, that we have, to, we have to definitely consider that Hayden Hurst could potentially be a thing. Also has the money, the Monday Night Delight, which is great stuff. Um, this Carolina, this Carolina offense is so wide open for anybody to step in and become the guy. And if Hayden Hurst is able to do it again, if he's able to potentially grow on seven targets that he received, five catches that he got, he absolutely has potential. There, there is no doubt about it what he could do, especially at a position that is as thin as a tight end position is in fantasy football. And then the number one waiver wire edition of the week for me is Sam Laporta of the Detroit Lions. He's got great matchups coming up. Seattle, Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina. He played 86% of his team's offensive snaps on Thursday. The only Detroit Lions skill player that played more offensive snaps was Amon Ross St. Brown. That's it. 
it was Amon Ross St. Brown, and then, of course, Jared Goff played 100% of the snaps. But you didn't need me to tell you that. And it was Sam Laporta at number three. He did not come off the field. Brock Wright played something along the lines of 36% of the snaps. This dude is on the field. He is on the field a lot. And he has opportunity. He's going to continue to grow in that in that role. I'm loving Sam Laporta and his upside to potentially be a guy that we're talking about as a plug-and-play starting option. He's not there yet, but he is definitely closing in on that. Some other names for the tight end position. Isaiah likely would be a name that I'd be going out and targeting. I'm still looking at Noah Gray as long as Travis Kelsey is, is still out. have not heard any updates on uh, the Travis Kelsey situation as of yet. Of course, stay tuned for the preview, preview shows and the mailbag this week for more updates on that. And then Zach Ertz would be another name that I would be going out and trying to target. And then, a little, okay, a bit of a long shot would be Irv Smith and and Jawan Johnson, who's under 50% owned in ESPN leagues. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Thank you so much for listening to the week number two uh, waiver show. We'll be back tomorrow night with the first half of the week two preview. Thursday, the second half of the week two preview. And then, of course, on Saturday with the week two fantasy mailbag. So, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.